Miguel's not concerned whether it makes sense or not. He just talks. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to episode 38 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett. With me is... The awesome Lord Horstocles. <laughs> also known as... Miguel Garza. What's happening, people? How you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Doing fine. All right, there, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have my lovely wife, Heather. What's hanging? What's hanging? <laughs> That's a new one. I don't know. I could say, but, you know... <laughs> and then we have a very special guest today, Mr. Andres Salazar. Hello, everybody. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Yeah, we're happy to have you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Andres is a stand-up comedian from uh, California, and he also has a Kickstarter going for his upcoming comic book, Pariah, Missouri. Aren't you from Fresno? I, how did you know that? That's right. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. That's scaring me now, actually. I am the greatest stalker this side of the Red River. Yeah, I, 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 lived, in, I lived in Fresno for a, uh, about... Uh, ten years or so. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. Well, I well, it's it might not be as bad as Houston, but it's up there. Oh yeah, Houston's pretty rough. Houston's very rough. <laughs> yeah. It's time to get out of here, it's hot, especially in the summertime. It wasn't the good part of Fresno, although there's a there is a, there is a good part which is very small. It's about a three block radius, but yeah, it was not in that part of the neighborhood where I grew up. Where's your race? Man, I thought you had some jokes. Why do, I, why do oh, we have racist oh, jokes? No. I thought you were going to say, that's where the white people live at. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the good neighborhood? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> yeah. I'm not from Fresno. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know where the white people hang out. <laughs> well, let's talk some comics. All that's right, man. Okay, let's do it. Uh, what were your top two this week, Miguel? Well, my number two uh, was Terminal Hero number two. Oh, it's a fantastic book. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dynamite series being written by Peter Milligan and drawn by Piotr... Kowalski? That's pretty good. Uh, it's actually my number two book as well. Gotta love it, man. Guy's got fire starter power, kind of powers. Like the dad, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, that people just die. Hearts explode, heads go in flames. Yeah. Yeah, he actually seems to have basically any power he wants. He can kind of accomplish just about anything. Uh, the premise of the story is that there's this guy's doctor. He finds out he has terminal cancer and he's going to die within a month. You got cancer. So his best friend, who's a doctor, uh, basically pulls him out of this bender he's on. He decides he's, he's given up on life, and he goes a, on a bender, like just drinking, doing drugs, sleeping with that, anything that moves. Sounds like your normal life. Uh, <laughs> hardly. <laughs> so his friend pulls him out of that and says, look, I know about this experimental treatment. We might actually be able to save your life. So he agrees to do it. Well, it does save his life. It erases the cancer, but it also gives him these crazy powers that he can't control. And he ends up killing his friend and some other people. And he, he just learns that he can't really control his powers as well as he thought at first. Well, he killed his doctor friend because he found out he was an ass. Well, yeah, he found out his doctor friend was using him as a guinea pig, and this had never been tested before on anybody, which pissed him off. See, that's some crap you would do to me. And then he lashed out because he has that passion. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, in this issue, he meets up with these people that want to use his abilities and are willing to pay him for them. And they work for the government, obviously. So he, he starts out as an assassin. He's just going around killing people by creating brain aneurysms and causing them to have heart attacks and making their cars crash. I mean, he can basically do anything he wants kind of psionically. Uh, but he also has other abilities. Like he, like you said, he's a fire starter. He can just think about it and like that one guy's car bursts into flames. And you know, there's no possible evidence that he's responsible for any of these things. So he just gets away with it. Kind of like the joke that the one lady says from the government, 
I bet you you could make me have a superior orgasm just by <laughs> touching in my brain. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, is he going to do it? Oh, he didn't. <laughs> I knew that was your favorite part. <laughs> no, that one's kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't like her either. He needs to like, give her the brain aneurysm. But at the end of the book, uh, the character's decided he's tired of being an assassin. He's got enough money that he can go and do what he wants to do. So he fakes his own death. So I'm really excited to see where the series is going. I love Peter Milligan's writing. Uh, he's doing all new X Factor, which I talked about last week. is one of my favorite current Marvel books. This is a great book. If you've not picked it up, go check it out. Uh, it was my number two as well, like I said. So what was your number one? East West, number 15. Who's reading whose notes this week? Hey, what are we talking about? <laughs> I go first all the time. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> East West was also my number one book. That was just crazy. Uh, it's, it's such a cool story about after the apocalypse has happened. Uh, humanity's been fragmented in these different sections. Like there's a Republic of Texas. There's um, this That's in- right. You heard that. The Republic of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> there's this other group, which is like Indians. There's another group, which are like the Chinese people that are all ninjas. And it's kind of everybody's sectioned off and there's like one world council and they're trying to make decisions about how to move forward as humanity. Well, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are reborn and they decide they haven't completed their job and they want to wipe out humanity. I thought only three were reborn. One never died. Right. Death never died. He grew up to be a full-blown adult, but he went into hiding for a while and came back. When he came back, the other three were woken up as children and were sent to kill death, which they failed to do thus Mm -hmm. far. Uh, Death's also on a quest to find his son. And the three horsemen that are not death are trying to awaken the beast, which is, we can only assume Satan or something like that, that will bring about the end of the world officially. It was a war, famine and conquest. Right. And they figure out where the beast is at in this issue and they go there and they wake him up. They pretty much called him a punk. (laughs) (laughs) They severely underestimated how powerful he was because he's basically a little kid that's been trapped inside of a machine since he was born. And the machine constantly runs simulations to tell him how he could accomplish his goals and tells him what the probability of everything occurring the way he wants it to is. As time goes by, he learns all kinds of different things. And when he knows the horsemen are coming, he wakes up and stands up for the first time. The machine's been basically generating his muscles and making him stronger and you know, enhancing him in all these different ways. And he's permanently attached to this sphere, which he decided to name Balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, like plugs in through his eye sockets and basically warps his perspective on the world. That is just really creepy, too, by the way. Uh, like, for instance, when he's standing in a field of flowers, he doesn't see flowers. He sees a scene out of Terminator where there's, like, skulls and flames. And that's for as far as he can see. And when the three horsemen show up to try to take him on, he just whoops their asses. Yeah, well, he beat the crap out of Conquest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. But you know how the balloon told him, don't worry, you can always trust me, and then... The balloon shows him how the world looks, and then it pans back, and it doesn't look anything like that. Yeah. It's an awesome series. Uh, it's one of my favorite Hickman books that I've read. And if you're not reading it, you should definitely go pick up the trades and check it out, because there's just so many cool things that happen all the way up through this point, and I'm really excited to see where it goes after this. Yeah, all the government stuff gets a little confusing after a while, but you start to figure it out, and then it's like, but it's all about the little kids. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the horsemen. I mean, Death's an inter- a really interesting character as well. Yeah. Have you read that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have the first one i read it i have the second one in my pile of shame uh so i have it i got it signed by the artist uh we switched books uh he got a copy of my book i got his over at uh big wow comic con over in san jose and uh i really enjoyed the first one so i was stoked to get a chance to uh to get that book i love the art uh, and I like some of the big world concepts. So I'm a fan of, of Hickman, and, and I, th- I think it's cool. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, you should definitely catch up on it because it's a really cool series. Yeah, I like it. And now I'm, I'm strictly on trades now. It's just uh, I just don't go to the shop that often. 
to get monthlies, and so uh, usually I, I wait for trades, and I, I'm stoked to get the to get into that one again. Yeah, a lot of the artists and writers and, and whatever we talk to, they pretty much do that. They tell us, you know, they go to trades. It's easier because, you know, getting stuff. Yeah. Somebody we know, they get a lot of books delivered, but they're usually like a month behind. So he's like, yeah, yeah. you get trades. Yeah. Basically, yeah. That's what I do. We'll have to touch on this pile of shame later. <laughs> I got – dude, we could just – I'm looking at it right now. I mean I can read it off to you. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Okay. So those were our top two books. And every, every week we pick a book to highlight something that's a little off the beaten path. What was your pick of the week, Miguel? Horse Minions number seven. Was it pre- <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that. Horse Minions was definitely off the beaten path this week. Uh, if you don't know Andres, we have a listener who yes. writes a comic strip about us, about the characters Miguel's created, called Horse Minions. Uh, and okay. it gets published on our website every Friday when the episodes go up. Uh, this most recent one was a throwback to uh, episode 35, the one that we had uh, Alex Link on. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about horse to sleeves in his uh, porno shop. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, but okay. Well, All right. it is it a web? Is it a web comic? Or yeah, it's a it? web comic. It's okay. a strip that comes out every Friday. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, he puts it on our on our website, on our Facebook, and we tweet it out as well. And we're hoping to have a bunch of them by the time the next. What is it, Comic Palooza? Yeah, next year we're hoping we have enough that we can collect them all in a in a issue, like get them. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Cool. Be pretty cool. So seriously. My pick of the week was a new book. Uh, you talked me into picking it up um, before it even came out, and I really enjoyed it. Wild Ends number one. Wild End number one? Yeah, Wild End number one. Whatever. <laughs> Ends of the wild. Who knows? It's just a crazy book. It's the animals. Nothing crazy like the one we read about Mr. King Tiger Cheeseburger last week. But, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a far, fry, far cry from God Hates Astronauts. But, <laughs> but Oh, dude. I just read that. We got to talk about that book, too, today, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. That, isn't that a crazy freaking book? It was my pick of the week last week. Yeah. Was it? I actually really liked it because it was so just freaking out there, man. I agree. It's uh, so different from what anybody else is doing. It's- yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's not even about necessarily like the quality. I'm not even going to talk about like if I think it's a good story. Just the fact that he did this I think is cool. So, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty neat. <laughs> well, Wild's in number one. It, it's a really interesting story. It's, it's a miniseries, I just found out. Damn it! <laughs> I'm starting to hate this crap. <laughs> Every time I pick a book, it's only a miniseries. <laughs> but it's about these anthropomorphic creatures. and uh, Say what? Anthropomorphic creatures. <laughs> yeah, I know you said this we, multiple times. We brought this up multiple times. Like, you don't, still don't know the word. Seven, the seventh time I brought it up, I can't help you. I'm just impressed you can say it. Why? Mm, it's not hard to say. Anthropomorphic. You know how I talk. Like automatopoeia. What? <laughs> Continue on. So anyways, it's these creatures that are animal humanoids. Thank you. Does that make it easier for you? Yes. All right. So we got uh, listeners out in California, you know. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> are you claiming that the listeners in California are dumb? I never said that. Is this how we're going to roll down? Is this how this is going to start? No, no. It's a shout out to our boys at the syndicate. <laughs> So anyways, there's a couple of friends, this fox and a frog, I believe. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he was now. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're walking one night, and they see a meteor crash, and they go to investigate. And whatever they find there ends up killing the fox's friend. What so does the fox? The fox comes running back into town and goes to the main shop where all of the, all the other animals are hanging out. And he's like, hey, guys, you're not going to believe this. This meteor crashed, and me and my friend went to investigate, and whatever came out of it killed my friend. And they they don't believe him. They're like, oh, you're just bullshitting us. You always tell us lies and stuff. And they ignore him. Well, little mechanical like creatures come crawling out, 
and crazy, right? It's already eradicating pigs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they find pigs at first, and they start eradicating them. Little pig, little pig, let me in. <laughs> and uh, I, I can only imagine in the next issue they're going to encounter the majority of the town and start killing them as well. It's kind of like a War of the Worlds meets a child's book. Like, it's really interesting. It sounds kind of crazy, yeah. Yeah, and the new character's a dog. And they got all kinds of animal characters. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool. Was just, so that was, your, that was your pick of the week? Yeah, I enjoyed this. There was a lot more books that I liked, but it, it just kind of, you know, I don't know. It was just interesting. It just appealed, appealed to your inner child? Yes, it did. Okay. I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> well, my pick of the week was actually a Marvel book. Uh, it was Avengers Undercover number 10. Nice. That was being written by Dennis Hopeless. I've been a fan of these guys ever since Avengers Arena. It's the, the kids from that storyline that were fighting against Arcade got trapped on the island and they made a reality show about them trying to kill each other. And Avengers Undercover, they've moved past all that stuff and they've you know, just tried to start their own lives, tried to move past all the stuff that Arcade put them through. And one of the things they decided to do is try to infiltrate this group of villains because the villains are like out there trying to recruit them. So the team of young Avengers gets together and they go to Baron Zemo's underground villain lair and basically infiltrate as double agents working with you know the main Avengers. And this is the last issue of the series. This is where it all comes to an end. Things go sideways for him. It doesn't work out. It looks like hope is lost. Arcade is still alive, even though they thought they had killed him. And they think that Baron Zemo is going to win because the main Avengers can't even get into the underground thing to like try to help him. But yeah, but it's Captain Britain, really. Well, it's not just Captain Britain. Like whatever, but he's there. <laughs> Giant Man's there. There's just a lot of people there trying to break in. Give me some real Avengers. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> There's no Hulk. I'll give you that. Second-rate Avengers. Anyway, go ahead. So. What happens is basically they use Arcade's technology that he used on the Avengers Arena Island against him. And one of the young Avengers becomes super powerful and manages to save them all, which is pretty cool. And it kind of looks like where they're going to go after this series is very exciting. Like, I, I really like the cast of characters. I like all of the young Avengers that were part of this group. They're way better than the actual quote-unquote young Avengers with Hulkling and, and those guys. Oh, God. <laughs> That needs to go away. Well, I mean, if these if these people would join that team, I would like that team a lot more. <laughs> Wouldn't like that team at all. Ugh. Yeah, everybody has different tastes. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed Avengers Undercover, and I'm I'm looking forward to whatever the third arc of these characters' storyline is going to be because the first two have been fantastic. Dennis Hopeless has done an amazing job with these characters. I like Arcade. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I like I love what happened to Arcade at the very end. He yeah. got he got his uh, comeuppance. <laughs> I would recommend checking it out. If you haven't read Avengers Arena, it's a fantastic little story. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's 12 books. You can probably pick it up in trade right now. I'd go out and read that first. If you really like it, go pick, out, go pick up Avengers Undercover because you'll like that as well. Well, we've got to do a little bit of shilling here. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you like the show and you want to support us, please go visit our sponsor, TweakedAudio.com. They have seven different styles of headphones and seven different colors. Wood. <laughs> wood is one of the colors. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but if you want to put some wood in your ear, just go there, pick out some headphones, <laughs> use the code COMICAL at checkout, and you'll get a third off the cost of your order, plus free shipping. You'll get some badass headphones, and you'll help support the show. They don't tangle. No, they don't tangle. They come with a flat core design, doesn't tangle, they're noise-canceling, and they have amazing sound quality. They're actually better than the Sony headphones I've been using for years. Tweakedaudio.com, use promo code COMICAL, support the show. Uh, also, if you want to support us, you can donate directly through our PayPal link and send it to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Give me some money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we take pesos, too. Do we? Yes, we do. Well, PayPal converts it for us. So, sure, we'll take some pesos. <laughs> well, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Andres and his Kickstarter. Cool, man. I don't get to talk about my books. Yeah, I was going to say, you just didn't give me a chance to talk. Oh, talk oh I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. 
let me just talk about what books that I've been reading lately. Okay. So I'm a little late to the party because the thing I mentioned regarding just I'm so busy doing my own book. What's funny, guys, is that ever since I started creating stuff and really being serious about making comics, um, I've had no time to enjoy comics. So I just, I mean, I love going to conventions just to look at what's out there, but I just have, and I'll pick stuff up, but I just have no time to read stuff, to go to movies. I mean, I finally saw Dawn of uh, the Planet of the Apes just like two days ago because I'm just so busy trying to get this going. But um, I'll tell you about a book that I really, really enjoy. It's called Profit. It's Image. The first one's called uh, Remission. I don't know if you guys read this or That's checked Lighthouse it out. book, right? Uh, well, it's his character from like the 90s or so, mm-hmm. but uh, they totally did a, a new revamp of him. So it's really only life filled by name of the name Prophet and the character John Prophet, but it's a complete reskin, reimagining in a really uh, science fiction, hard science fiction world. And it is really, really good. Uh, I'm a stickler for stuff, and I'm kind of a snob. And so when I really like something, I mean, I really like this freaking book. It's just the concepts. It actually reminds me a lot of the European science fiction stuff that maybe you would see in heavy metal back in the 70s and 80s. Heavy metal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever saw that kind of stuff. Um, You could find those issues every now and then at like cheap bins but um this stuff is like totally cool it's it's very bizarre it doesn't really explain things he's just going on these weird quest uh and encountering all these strange aliens and there's these devices and bioorganic tools he's using and just really really cool concepts that i don't see in media at all not 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 just comics but you don't see this in film or tv or or anything like that it's really cool so if you have a chance if you like science fiction stuff uh i would definitely recommend profit and the first the first trade is called remission and it came out probably a year ago um i think they're on trade number three or four right now uh it's really really good so i really dig that and um yeah check out profit the other book is called Incal. You guys probably have heard of this. Uh, it's an old book that was made a while back. Humanoids has now reprinted it, and it's uh, Jodorowsky's writing, and Mobius is doing the art. So, if you know who these guys are, they're like masters. Yeah. You know, jo- uh, Jodorowsky was the guy who was going to make the movie Dune before what's his face, uh, David Lynch, and uh, they actually just came out with a documentary about it. So uh, if if you saw the documentary and you're interested in in his stuff, he also did some comics called The Meta Barons, and you know he's a film director and producer. He's done some crazy films. He's 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 just a really way way out there guy, and the comic is really really good. Mobius, who is just amazing artist, this is kind of like his watershed. This was kind of the the book that put him on the map with a lot of the uh, kind of American audiences and. And uh, it's really, really good. It's a little pricey. The hardcover's 45 but it's nice and thick, and it's just brilliant work. So Incal. Like nice and thick. What the <laughs> hell? Yeah. Yeah, if, if you like stuff big and thick and meaty, Whoa. you know, then uh, I think that – and if you like maybe something with a little accent in there, you know, a little spice, uh, give Incal a, a, a shot. Sounds cool. Yeah. Moby's yeah, yeah, a fantastic artist. I love his stuff, so – 
I'll oh, it's that out. brilliant, dude. It's, he's just so brilliant. And if you guys are into that kind of stuff, check out that documentary. I think it's just called uh, Hodorowski's Dune. Hmm. So uh, it's it's out. I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, but it will be, I'm sure, uh, soon. Cool. So, yeah. So do you want to talk about Pariah? Or, or yeah, what? definitely. Let's okay. okay. Do, you, do you have questions for me or do you want me to just give you a pitch of it or how do you want to do it? Why don't you tell our listeners what it's all about? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm the the writer and creator of the book called Pariah, Missouri, and it is a supernatural story told in the American frontier times of the 1857. So a couple years before the Civil War, so this would be before the traditional Western tropes and, and movies started, right? Uh, before all that, in the Midwest of Missouri, there were these riverboat towns. So think of like a Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn era stuff. And this story takes place on this little boom town along the the Missouri River. And uh, there's some weird, strange, kind of uh, magical, uh, supernatural occurrings in the town. And it turns out that the town has some sort of energy that's uh, drawing negative and evil things to it. And so uh, these are going to be a series of five graphic novels. And um, book one is already in stores, and uh, it's, it was went through Diamond a couple months ago, and so you can get that at stores. And book two of the, the five-set series is on Kickstarter right now. So you can get book one and two on Kickstarter uh, or just get the first one or, or, or the second. And uh, it is – yeah, it's, it's all fully watercolor. I kind of paint all the artwork. Uh, I, have a, I have a guy named Jose Pescador who does the pencils. And then I get his art, I do the inking, and then I do the, the watercolors, and then I, I put it into a book. Oh, wow. I didn't so, realize you did the coloring. Yeah, yeah. That's all me. So I do all that stuff too. So it's pretty much my little baby. You know, This is my little story of this frontier town. Um, you know, I, st- I love westerns, and I love shows like Deadwood. I don't know if you guys have watched Deadwood, mm-hmm. but I love Deadwood. And I was watching Deadwood, and I was thinking of some new ideas. And I was like, you know, I want to do a Deadwood, but I want to make it supernatural. And, and I don't really want to make it after the Civil War. I want to do it before the Civil War because I want to deal with slavery, and I want to kind of deal with all that stuff and talk about those things. And so um, I started kind of com- coming up with a story. And I didn't want to do it like out, you know, in Tombstone or Dodge City or someplace like that. I wanted to do it more Midwest because that's where I was from. I grew up in Little Rock, and I'd go to Missouri sometimes and Kansas City and things like that. And so I wanted to do it there, which has a different flavor than than you know the plains. Um, and so yeah, so that's kind of like the, the where that it started. I've been working on it for a couple of years now, and uh, we're really excited. We've been really good at shows, and and Kickstarter's doing well, and even so much that I'm I'm also doing a role playing game. So uh, I love RPGs, and so uh, on the Kickstarter you can also get a copy of the role playing game, which I'm developing too. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, that's my deal. You're a busy guy. <laughs> I am. So busy, dude. It sucks because I just don't. I was thinking, I was telling my wife this a couple days ago. You know, it's like before I started doing comics, I enjoyed comics. I had more free time. I was up to date with all the nerd stuff. And, you know, I was a member of the community. Now I feel like I'm a hermit (laughs) and I'm just totally out of touch with everything. 
but it's like it's the price I have to pay to be a to be a producer of it because it's just I mean it just takes time you know what I mean these things just take so much time to get done and I'm trying to get a, each graphic novel to come out every year and so there's just a lot to do you know for all that so hey, a couple of questions for you Andres uh, Shoot. how old are you first of all I am turning 41 uh, next week okay so because uh, you were mentioning Deadwood and Cowboy uh Movies yeah. and stuff. You're a big fan of it. The cowboy show. Oh yeah. So when oh, you were yeah. a kid, I'm assuming you watched a lot of those with your father, probably. <laughs> no. Or now you're gonna get real on me. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. My, my father. I never <laughs> met my father. <laughs> my, my mother was a prostitute. No. Uh, my my, uh, my father and mother got divorced when I was about five. So I didn't spend too much with dad. Uh, I spent most time with my mom, but you know, my grandfather watched. He was more of a Star Trek guy, yeah. and my mom was a Star Trek guy. Where did I learn my love for westerns? I don't even know. I just started watching them. I got into it. I got into, you know, probably in my twenties. Actually, is when I really got into the spaghetti westerns and John Ford stuff, and then of course the Akira Kurosawa stuff. Which are westerns, you yeah. know, all, all all those samurai movies are westerns, and so, so getting into those kind of movies and ideas, um, it's kind of what got me into it. And Deadwood, freak, when I st- my mom was like, "You should watch a show called Deadwood. You'd like it." And then I was like hooked. I was I watched the whole damn show in like a couple of weeks, man. I was loving that freaking show. Jim Beaver was on that uh, show. Who was Jim Beaver? I believe Deadwood. Oh, he's really? The, yeah, he's the guy that plays. Uh, He's on super. He was on Supernatural. That was that was gonna be my next question. I mean, because you talked about the, yeah. you talk about your book being about a western and it's like supernatural theme. So I'm wondering, yeah. you watch yeah. any shows like Supernatural and that type of stuff? Did that help you think about this? Any? I'm yeah, got your uh, yeah. love for this book. Uh, well, I didn't. I haven't watched Supernatural. Uh, I mean, I've seen like one or two episodes, but I watched a crapload of X Files. Oh, okay. I was a huge X File mark. Back in the day, dude, I was all about X Files, so I watched a lot of that. You know, I've read a lot of books. Um, you know, making this book, I do a lot of research on religion, folk magic, you know, shamanistic stuff, Indian stuff, just a lot of kind of mytho- mythologies of the era and stuff like that. Um, TV show wise, um, I actually like Buffy the Day Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and let me tell you, before you say anything about it. I'm a grown ass man, and I cried in freaking Buffy, dude. I mean, Josh Whedon. I don't know what he did. I'm like, I protested much to watch this stupid show. I'm like, I'm not watching freaking Buffy. It just the name, just I can't do it. And one day, my friend who's my age is like, dude, just freaking watch it. And so I'm like, fine, I'll watch his damn show. <laughs> and I watched it, dude, and I'm telling you, I was like, I was getting a little misty. I was getting a little misty, dude. It was pretty hardcore. So, uh, you know, so I like that kind of stuff. You know, the X Files. Um, I like American Horror. Uh, oh, it's yeah. called American Horror. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I like uh, The Shining, Alien, all the classic stuff. Jaws. You know, what I mean, I, I'm a huge. What I do every every year to show you how much of a horror fan I am. Every year, if you go to my blog, you can see it. For the full month of October, I'll watch a horror movie. So I watch 31 horror movies that month every year, and I've done it for about three years, and I'm about tapped out of movies, (laughs) to tell you the truth. Because after about, you know, 60, 70 movies, 
there's not much out there that's good. You got to really. You got to watch the D stuff like Thanks Killing and stuff like that. Yeah, now it's like okay, I'm screwed. But yeah, so actually, speaking of horror, I mean, the book is got a, a big horror element, and especially book two. And the idea I had was okay, each of these five books is going to be its own kind of special take on a on a horror convention. So the first book, I don't know if you guys have all read it, but it's kind of like a vampire story, story almost. Uh, you know, there there are these kind of uh, charming, almost like a succubus type of uh, uh, characters that are uh, you know have these powers, blah blah blah, and so they're these charming vampire type characters. In book two is going to be more of a cult story, so it's going to be like that kind of a the horror cult. Uh, idea with a mass of people who are brainwashed somehow or maybe kind of zombied out to do something. Book three will be a monster in the woods story. So, you know, they're classic monster in the woods things. And so, and then book four is going to be the haunted house story. So I'm kind of going for these, you know, big trope ideas that movies fit into, you know, the slasher, the, the zombie, the wolfman, the whatever. And, um, I'm kind of using those as as kind of the big arc idea for the book. So I'm excited about that, and, and I love horror stuff. And so I definitely try to keep some, some creepiness to the to the whole story. Cool. Very awesome. And still keeping it Western too. <laughs> and, and you got to keep it real. you got to keep it Western. You know what I mean? And so and I throw in some history. You know, we're going to maybe meet Kit Carson and some – some Texas Ranger stuff. You know, we're going to, I'm not going to do it like you're going to meet Abe Lincoln or nothing, but we're going to have a few little characters every now and then or mentions of historical stuff to kind of keep a little, a little bit of reality or a little bit of familiarity with the times into it. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm really stoked about it. I, I think it's really cool. So, so what made you settle on Pariah as the, uh, the title for all this? Well, what I did, I did my research for – there's a little town, and in the book you can see a map of it. There's a little town north of Kansas City called St. Joseph. And if you know the history, St. Joseph's actually uh, where the Pony Express uh, kind of sprung up, and it's where Jesse James died. And when I went there a couple times to do – I was doing business at my old job, uh, I just fell in love with this little town. And I heard all these weird little stories and ghost stories and cult things and all these weird little little supernatural stuff that would happen in the town. And I said, why don't I start collecting this information and write a story about all this craziness? So um, I knew I couldn't call it St. Joe you know, because that's a real place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a list of names like uh, I think Sagebrush was one and everything. And, and it was originally just going to be called Pariah just by itself. And then a friend of mine who uh, works in Hollywood said, oh, brother, you better change it because there's a script out now called Pariah and people are talking about it, blah, blah. You should just change it just so there's not a confusion. So I'm like, well, that sucks, but okay. And I'll say, well, I'll just make it like uh, Twin Peaks or you know Deadwood or someplace that at the name of the book is the, the location. So I just called it, went ahead and just attached it to the, the state, which would be Missouri. Just call it Prime Missouri. Sounds like um, a real place. <laughs> yeah, and people always ask me about it. Is that a real place? And what is that? What is Prime? And where is that? Blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it's just fictional. It's not real. But um, here's where it would be, that kind of a thing. Cool. So We're looking at some of the characters you have here. You got a yeah. Mexican Comanche in there. 
Yeah, I do got a Mexican. You gotta have, you gotta have a Mexican. Come on, I'm half Mexican. Miguel, Miguel's all in now. I gotta <laughs> That's put all my, it took. <laughs> I gotta put my people in there. That's right. Represent. I gotta put, and a lot of the Comanches back. You know, there was this whole place called the uh, Coman- Comancheria. And the Comancheria is this huge land that basically the Comanches, you know, were the primary, you know, dominant people there. But they did all these tradings with with Mexicans and some of them they would capture and rape and some of them they wouldn't. And, you know, there was all these mixed blooded, you know, um, half white, half Comanche or half Mexican, half Comanches. And so I definitely wanted to kind of throw that in there. And and uh, Toro speaks Spanish. You know, of course, his name means bull. And, and really – when I thought of him, I thought of B.A. Baracus. Okay? So he's – so this is – so if you think of them as the A-team, you've got Hannibal, you've got Face Man, you've got B.A. Baracus, and you've got Crazy Murdoch. So <laughs> another way to think of this whole story is really the A-team. You know, It's the A-team in, in a supernatural western, and I love team books. And there's no real team westerns. I mean, the western trope is kind of like the lone gunman, you know, the guy, you know, coming into the dusty town by himself. Uh, except for things like Magnificent Seven, or you know, except for a couple, you know, the Three Amigos, a couple cases. Mostly, <laughs> you sure. know, west westerns are westerns are kind of the one guy. And so I wanted to make a team book in that world. Well, the A team. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, that's right. If you if you know where to find them. Maybe you can hire the A team, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so, of these four characters, which one do you see more of you in? Oh, probably Hiram. Probably Hiram. He's he's his voice is more me than anything, I guess. Kind of the 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 con artisty type of uh, rogue, you know, who tries to get away with stuff and and uh, has got this ulterior motive to things and his mission in life. Yeah, that's 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 him probably. That's me. Yeah, so I'm really excited to kind of like explore a lot of different things. You know, I did, I wanted it to be in a period in a place where there were slaves, but there's also free blacks. You know, and I thought, what what would that be like to have you know a a black slave and a free black man in the same town? Like, how would they interact? What would you know? And so those are kind of the things I want to explore in the book. Have you seen and Jingle? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Django came out. What was it last year? Yeah. yeah and, and when I when I saw that Tarantino was working on something like this, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that's going to be like, and I wonder how that would um, how that would play out with people. And um, yeah, it's interesting how you start to see other projects around the world come up with some of the same ideas and themes. You know what I mean? Clearly, neither of us had access to each other, but you know he's make he made something that is has got some of those themes in it. So it's kind of interesting how I feel like there's something in the creative ether. You're off the book. You're not you're not claiming he stole your idea. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not claiming. I did write this before that, but I'm not claiming he stole he stole any ideas. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go there. But you know, we've probably seen a lot of the same movies. You yeah, know. that's probably true. <laughs> so we've both seen Mandingo and a bunch of other <laughs> things. That, you know. How did you meet Joe? How did you choose Joe as your artist? Oh, say, yeah, I met Joe through a acquaintance at a comic convention. So I was in San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, I was looking for some artists to, to work with. I had drawn the first 12 pages of the book already, and I was showing that around to people. And then I was also looking to find someone else to help with some more pencils because it was just taking so long for me to draw it myself. 
And I was like, man, if I could just hire someone to do pencils, then I can like clean it up, do the inking, color it, bang, bang. And uh, I found this guy at the uh, portfolio review and um, I told him about the project. He liked it, but then uh, he said, you know, my friend would be perfect for this and uh, gave me his contact. So that's how I kind of met Joe. And I, I recommend other people who are looking for, you know, partners or creative uh, people to work with to go to conventions and look for the portfolio review sections and the uh, artist alley and those kind of things and look for other guys who are hungry and wanting to do stuff. I'm actually writing a comic too. Uh, I started on it. I've got the outline done. I've started on the first chapter now, but I'm not a good artist, so I'm definitely going to be doing that in the future. Yeah. Stick people? (laughs) I guess I could draw stick people. You still writing that book? You still working on that book? You know, that little book you're working on? (laughs) Still working on it. (laughs) Still writing a few pages? (laughs) <laughs> so episode 38 or 9 where we're on now he's still writing uh, I'm, sure around, I'm sure I'm sure on episode 200 or so it'll be coming out <laughs> it's hard man it's hard to write a book Heck I, have a lot, yeah. I have a lot of respect for these guys that do this stuff you know I think it's awesome that you you're the writer you do the watercolor and that's pretty amazing and you even do stand up yeah, I've been doing stand-up for a couple of years. Uh, I do it over in Los Angeles, sometimes here in town, or I'll go to I'll go to the Fresno sometimes and 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 do some stuff there. Yeah, I've been doing that for a while. I've been kind. Of, I haven't been on stage for a few months uh, because I've just been so slammed with getting this book finished. But uh, I'm going to be back on stage in a couple of weeks in Fresno. Actually, I'm doing a show there with some comedians and. Um, yeah, so whenever I get a chance to go up, uh, I love the stage. So what's awesome about comedy is that there's an immediate response to what's going on. You know, I'm going to make this book. This book took me a year to make. I have no idea if people are going to like it until people buy it, and then maybe I hear, maybe I never hear if they like it. You know, yeah. whereas I'll tell a joke that I wrote that I've been crafting that I've been working on for a couple weeks, and I'll know right then and there. If it's working, or this audience sucks, and then I, that's always that's always your out. Your out is always well. This is a bad audience, but uh, no, yeah. So, so there's something really cool about that. You know, I have an ego that needs constant validation, and 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 you know, someone to make me feel like I'm doing good, and so that's You're a good ready. way for me to. Thank you. I I need that. So I so so that's good for my like self esteem being up there and and it's fun as hell and it's fun you know and I love to make people laugh and I have a great time and do you ever um, feel intimidated? Oh, all the time. That okay. doesn't go away. Yeah, that that doesn't go away. It, the nerves never goes away. You, I always. It's it's weird. I was telling my wife. My wife's like, I get more nervous than you get when you're up there, but me, I get super nervous. Until I get on stage. Once yeah. I grab the mic, I say the first joke, which usually is you know one of the big ones, right? right? And I get the first laugh, then I'm good. But it's those two minutes before I go on stage, I'm just like sweating bullets. I usually listen to some kind of hard rap or something fast to kind of get me going. And I start kind of doing like a Rocky dance, pumping up, you know? <laughs> type of thing like I'm going to go get in an MMA fight basically because I need to get that adrenaline. I need to get kind of pumped up because, yeah, I get freaked out. I totally understand. It's really funny. I work at a private school and uh, I'm one of the administrators. So um, I guess it was yesterday we had our first PTO meeting and I I pretty much am 
like the parent liaison. So I'm I talk to the parents a lot, and I was standing up talking about um, just stupid bullshit stuff, you know, for the school. And, <laughs> And I'm and I'm like, do you ever have like out of a like an out of body experience where you're talking and you're like, oh shit, I'm talking to people. Oh shit, what the hell am I saying? And I'm like, wait, am I making sense? Is this coherent? What's happening? And then you're like, okay, go back to what you're saying. And then you're like, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, dude, I have that okay. sometimes. Oh, I have that all the time. I have the girl's not concerned whether it makes sense or not. He just talks. <laughs> That's right. And people think it's funny. I don't know why, but because usually it is. Because <laughs> I'm loud. I'm crazy. She got passion, man. I have pa- that's right, passion. All about that. <laughs> it's a Latino flavor, right? You're, that's you right. Got the, the raza, you got I'm the sangre. That, but you know, you have la sangre. <laughs> you know, you got the Latino lato. <laughs> is, that, is that your new personality? La sangre, la sangre. <laughs> you got the blood, mijo, the raza. <laughs> so you know, you're you're a you're a Texan Mexican, which is different. Those Tejanos are different than California Mexican, the Chicanos. It's like a different type of like Mexican American. Make better food. What? <laughs> wait, 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 who does? Californians or the, or the Texans? Tex-Mex is way better. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't know, brother. He's just a picky eater. Don't listen to. Uh, Look, Carnal. I seen blood in, blood out. Carnal. <laughs> I love that movie, dude. Edward James almost. Local forever. <laughs> that's hard. That's a hardcore movie, dude. When they get, they start doing the boy, boy, rapey stuff. That's hardcore, man. <laughs> hardcore. That's when you fast forward, man. You that's, fast that's, forward. That's, no, I slow mo that. Oh, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going there, mijo. I'm not going there. This is what I gotta learn. It's like a, uh, it's like Clockwork Orange for me. <laughs> you said you gotta learn. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta learn that. He, he has to be one step ahead. It's like George Lopez. That's you right. gotta learn. That's right, dude. If I wasn't, if I wasn't Mexican, I'd want to be black. But that's a whole nother podcast. Well, never mind. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in a black neighborhood, so a lot of my, I got a lot of uh, black associates, and so. No, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> well, in in Little Rock, you know, in Little Rock, it was in the '80s, and I don't know how much different it is now, but it was so segregated. I literally never saw a black person until I moved to California because I don't know where they were, like straight up. Like my school was all white. And I'm sure that – I mean there's got to be black people in Little Rock, but they weren't anywhere. I, and I so of course – It was the same thing. Yeah, and, and so of course all the white kids feel this way about blacks, you know what I mean, and all the jokes and all the stuff. And that's what I as a little boy learned and grew up. So then when I get thrust into an urban city of Fresno with high crime in a black neighborhood, it was frightening as all hell because it was like, you know what I mean? This is like – this isn't home and everyone doesn't have an acre of land. It's like we're all next to each other and uh, all those junior high kids are black and they were scary and mean and dude it sucked man it took me a while to warm up and then then it became just the way it is but yeah dude racism and stuff like that back in the 80s in arkansas was it was a real deal it's no joke how about the racism growing up too uh i grew up in a town though uh that was pretty good divided. It was like 33 percent across the three major races and uh, another percent of you know whatever uh in a white black brown so i grew up with all that around me so i had no problem with it you know my dad said just don't take any crap from anybody and you know <laughs> that's you know right. it was it was a real shock for me moving to texas because honestly the part of oklahoma i grew up in was there was no ethnicities around there aside from white people <laughs> and when i moved to texas i mean it's such a melting pot you're a cracker i mean <laughs> 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 you, you <got> me. <laughs> 
That's fine. <laughs> you got me. I'm definitely a white person. I get it. You whitey. Ew. The man. But, uh, like, I never really perceived the people around me as incredibly racist or anything. And then I moved to Houston, and, like, I never had a problem with anybody. Like, I always just treated people as people. But, like, when I knew white people here, people in Houston were way more racist than people in Oklahoma were. And I grew up around nothing but white people. And I, like, it didn't make sense to me that it would be that way, but yeah. it was. Now, man, with my peeps, I got street cred. But, you know, it's funny you talk about Latinos, you know. They were the people that didn't like me. That's what uh, the most problem was growing up. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because I was a, quote-unquote, a sellout in their eyes. I wasn't brown enough. Are you mixed? Do you get your, your mom white or something? Or? No, I'm completely brown. Okay. I mean, I got huh. to verify that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my ears. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I'm, I was born and bred here in Texas, you know, Latino mother, Latino father. You know, you can trace my roots through Mexico. You can trace some of my roots through Spain and, of course, the Indian part of my family. I'm right. pretty much a mutt, but I'm pretty much brown all the way. But I don't know. I was the way I was raised, I guess. Huh. Like Spanish was not really enforced growing up. Mm, it was yeah. English. I had to speak Spanish when I saw my older relatives in the, in the valley and everything else and all the other places, you know, because it was disrespectful if I spoke in English. Right. But yeah, they had, yeah for some reason they took offense to me. I have no idea what the hell I did. You were probably just yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> they can't handle that passion. That's all I'm saying. That must be it. You know? Yeah, they can't handle la sangre. That's right. <laughs> well, I think because I was dating the white woman. That's right, dude. I, I'm married to. A That's woman. funny. Oh, you married a white woman. I'm married to two white women in my lifetime. Oh, right on. Right. <laughs> like, all right. I married a I married a Filipino, which is kind of like the new Mexican. California, because like they take the jobs that not even the Mexicans will take. So, <laughs> Tell her you're the two Mexicans. <laughs> they're like the Filipinos. They do like they'll do like the maid. They're like the maids now and all that, and the cooks and stuff like that. The Mexicans were like they're not even going to go out in the fields, but the Filipinos will. <laughs> so uh, that's what I married, and they're like hot-headed, very fiery, very sassy. Yeah. you know, chicks. First wife, and, that, and that's a stereotype, but yeah. Nice. My first wife was German. My second wife is a New Yorker. German? Whoa, that's hardcore, dude. Those yeah, chicks are hardcore. And she's dude. a school teacher, so I get yelled at like I'm a kid in school sometimes. Oh, snap. That's snap, dude. <laughs> yeah. And a New Yorker? Oh, my God. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. You, you were just a glutton for punishment. You're like a masochist. <laughs> you want punishment. I've heard that word twice now in this week. <laughs> you're, you're a Mexican masochist. You're, you got the episode the, name. <laughs> MM Sangre. <laughs> masochist Mexican. That's funny, though. No, it's just, uh, I don't know, crazy people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. don't think bad of anybody. I really, the only pe- people I have a problem with are the assholes. Those are the ones I really do have problems with. I don't have a problem with anybody else. Yeah. Put on no, carrots and talk behind your back. Those are the people I can't stand. The people that want to be your buddies and then go, you know, go do you wrong or whatever. How do you feel about lookers? I hate the, <laughs> I hate the lookers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell them the story of the lookers. <laughs> a looker is a dick looker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know if we have those in California, but maybe well, we do. do. <laughs> yeah. Sure you do. <laughs> I, know, you, I know you want to ask me some Latino questions. Come on. <laughs> some Latino stuff. No, no. Yeah, I would, you know, so I want to do a translation in the book. So oh. I, got a, I got somebody who can do a French translate. So check this out. I've been debating to do Spanish or French, right? Uh-huh. And uh, really to me, it's like it's no debate. 
the guy who I work with is is from Mexico. I speak Spanish. There's a whole freaking continent of people who speak Spanish. It should be a no-brainer. Let's do Spanish, right? Right. Well, I, it turns out I've been talking to some of these big European publishers and people in the business, and they say, you got it all backwards, brother. You got to do French. Even though only two countries, Belgium and France, speak French, these guys have money. And evidently, they have more disposable income or something, but sales for French books are way more than, than uh, Spanish. It makes no sense to me. But uh, evidently, that's the way it is, and so I'm I'm debating if I can get the funds. You know, I would, I would love to uh, do that. I would believe that because I work at a private school and we're an international school, and we oh. have a, a huge we have a pretty good population of families that speak Spanish, but I encounter way more families that speak French. So I wow. believe that. I I, yeah. I totally believe that. I, I was. I was just flabbergasted just because of the numbers of yeah. people who speak Spanish. I would think, well, dude, we can sell more books. But they say it's uh, more profitable to do it in French. So we might do a translation. I, I say screw it. I still want to do Spanish just for my gente, you know. There you go for, yeah. your, for la family. Uh, just for my I, – I've got tons of family who don't speak English. So they, they never know what the hell I'm doing. They're just <laughs> like, oh, Andy, what you doing, Andy? You know, I'm like, I'm working on a book. You know, they don't cool. know. <laughs> So, so I need. So it'd be nice to do that, um, you know, just to bring it up to some some more people and things like that. So, we'll see. You gotta you gotta love your older relatives, man, because they tell you like it is that they don't care, and then especially they get a couple of couple of men in them, and oh man, it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. They are they're just crazy people, man. <laughs> my, my Mexican family crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I got so many stories of that stuff. Is like just wild. But yeah, man, you know times are tough in Mexico, man. That's why. <laughs> The crisis. They always tell me about the crisis. Ah, oh, the crisis. The crisis. They're talking about the financial crisis. Ah, they're like, we went to this, uh, we went down, it was like two years ago, or maybe, no, it was more like three years ago. We went down to Mexico to visit some family, and we went to some big tourist spots, and it was dead. Like, the whole damn town was like a ghost town. There's just no tourists. And everywhere we went, they're like, ah, la pinche crisis. <laughs> the pinche crisis, you know? It's like we're the only one in the restaurant like all week, you know, and we're getting some food and whatever. And there's everyone is just like, I mean, talk about the, the Mexican, like, um, the their fight, their financial situation has just gotten really shit on after um, when we went down, they basically go down, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not pretty down there as far as that goes. And that's probably why a lot of the crime and stuff like that's popping up more and all that is because, you know, no one got no money. Yeah. Yeah. They're, des- they're desperate to live. Yeah. yeah. So I can't, I can't hate on that. You know, can't hate the hustle, no. you know, no. just don't hurt nobody, but you know, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got two questions for you. Shoot. Uh, and I forgot the second one. <laughs> Let me go with the first one. I know you're writing five more graphic graphic novels on this, and that's where you want to take this. I know you yeah. do your stand up your stand up stuff. Are there any other future projects that you're thinking of? You know, other books you're thinking you have in your back of your mind? Hey, I want to do this. Yeah, I got a I got a too much. Um, I will have a, a series of children's books out called Space Spare. So uh, it's a picture book, you know, for for kids that you would read to your kids. And so I've got that, which is a whole nother thing. Um, so Space Bear is a kid's book, and I'm working on the second book, which is called Steam Bear, which is going to be like a little bear in the steampunk time. Nice. Uh, 
So. Yeah, so that's going to be a series of books, and, and that is a little group called the Adventure Bear Squad. And think of it as like the Care Bears, but for boys. Nice. So more action-y, you know, kind of fun little different bears and Space Bear. Oh, this shit. Yeah, <laughs> go check awesome. out. <laughs> yeah, check check out Space Bear. It's really cool. Uh, kids really like it. I sell I sell a lot of those actually at the con. Nice. So yeah, so space. I'm trying to get that in the schools, things like that. So I'm doing those kids books. Um, I'm also working on developing a little web series. Um, there's a producer here in town who wants to do some kind of a show, and so I'm gonna write that. Um, you know, and I, I've done some film, some some small film stuff, and so I'm gonna probably use some of that experience to to do that. Uh, I do have a couple other graphic novels, and really, I'm just looking for more artists to work with. So I've got one that's like a kaiju story. You know, uh, you know the Godzilla stuff, and so I'm going to do the the kaiju. Yeah, I got this kaiju story, which I think is very good. I'm really excited about it, and so maybe that will be happening in December. You call up Matt Frank; he's the Godzilla guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and um, and then I've got a I've got two other stories that I would like to do as well. So I have a whole line of stuff I want to do. But I'm, it's just all about finding, you know, collaborators time. and the time. <laughs> and the time, you know, time for sure. Um, so, I mean, this is my living. This is how I'm trying to trying to pay bills. And so, uh, you know, for me, the pressure is on, and it's like I got to get as much out there of quality products so that I can um, pay rent. You know. Because <laughs> the end of the day, it's really awesome. I mean, yeah. Briar looks like such a cool series, and I can't wait to read. The, the next volume of that. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, it's if on Kickstarter. If want to contribute through Kickstarter, where can they go? They can, you know, the easiest way to do it is just my website, which will link direct. It'll just shoot them over to the Kickstarter. So it's just called pariahmissouri.com. If you just spell all that one word, pariahmissouri.com, if you type that in, it'll bump you right into the Kickstarter page. You can get book one. You can get book two. You can get the deluxe hardcovers, which have all my commentary, and I kind of go through all my references and notes and alternate scenes and all that stuff through it. And um, you can get bags and shirts and the role-playing game and digital copies and all that jazz. So I make it a full-on thing, so you can uh, shop to your drop. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. So that that's the main spot. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'll be on Twitter under my name, Andy Salazar. So I kind of gringo-fy it a little bit for wait, Twitter. Wait, Andy, what? <laughs> <laughs> I go by – yeah, I just – I used – I mean I go by Andy with a lot of my good friends. And so when I did Twitter – I did Twitter back when it first started. And I was like, okay, Andy Salazar, boom. So I just – use that um and then on facebook i'm on facebook under my name andre salazar and uh you can find uh Priya on twitter on uh, facebook as well so i'm all over there trying to find people good people like you who have good uh taste for quality products that i can talk to about comics we're so. good people i'm gonna use that <laughs> you are good you are good people with with discerning tastes nice I like, I like man, I, can go. I feel so good right now. <laughs> hey, well, I want to say, you know what? Uh, even though you're going by Andy now. <laughs> I got, no, no, no. The, the, right, that, that's just for the <laughs> – <laughs> I got no legs to stand on. <laughs> well, you know, Mexicans don't use Twitter, so I figured, you know, Andy's <laughs> – 
Max, okay. they, don't do, they don't do Twitter. I mean, come on. Do you think a Mexican a vato can be like, I'm going to tweet, mijo? Come on, you know. I'm going to roll up on you and tweet. No, they can't do that. So <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't do that. So. I'll give you a little compliment here real quick. Your book is awesome. I, I love the art. I love it all. I can't wait to read the second book. It's my kind of thing, Western and supernatural type stuff. I really, I'm really into it. I wanted to say from another brown person to, to another brown person here, meeting you, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, you know, doing your thing. Representing out there because I always tell any of uh, my little people that you know Latinos I always meet kids I come across because I coach girls basketball as well uh, and I've done a bunch of stuff in the community and stuff so I try to always help promote the Latino people you know you got to do more because when I went to school a lot of my friends were too busy doing other things and you know and they made nothing of themselves so I tried to you know try to help out to you know our people be just digging ditches on the road or, or chupando marijuana here and there you know. I'm, <laughs> So, you know, I try to, you know, I appreciate you, what you're doing, working really hard that you're doing and to be a success. And my only, my other question was going to be, will you be attending other cons outside of California? Mm, good question. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for your kind words. And, you know, I think that there is a, a voice and a experience that uh, Chicanos and Latinos have that uh should be mainstream or would be beneficial if more people hear it and know about it and learn from it. And so I hope that I could be one of the many out there. So uh, I love doing it. And and I don't really – I mean I am a Chicano. I don't really think – I don't look at myself in the mirror and be like, ah, I'm a, I'm a Latino and I'm going to kick ass for the La Raza. You know, I just like – I'm just a guy trying to hustle, you know, trying to make – make ends meet but uh but i i do have a set of experiences that i think uh that i use and draw from when i write so i think it's important for that um for as far as new shows so i'm going to be in portland in two weeks at rose city so portland's outside of california um other than portland i'm pretty much staying in the golden state here um i do want to go to denver i do want to go to tucson i do want to go to phoenix but it all turns out to be an issue of money, you know. Yeah. And uh, if I can find a way to to go it on the cheap, and and cut the cost down enough so that I could make some money at these shows, I would love to go to Chicago. I would love to go down to Texas. Uh, I want to go back to Missouri and do more research. And so uh, I want to get out there. But um, right now, I think the only one that I'm set for for sure is Portland. Just uh, just trying to get get enough finances together to uh to go out farther east gotcha yeah we hope to be traveling next year as well uh, maybe arizona possibly new york depends again money's an issue but you know yeah. man, those oh, coyotes, yeah. they take you everywhere you don't need to i know dude um uh, my cousin took a freaking coyote for 500 bucks came back you know <laughs> what i mean and i don't know if he had to walk with the the sponges on his shoes down through the desert all day or not but <laughs> He did it, dude. It's crazy, man. My dad. I'm like, dad. What happened? I'm like, where did my, where did my uh, primo uh, Clemente go? He's like, Clemente. He came back. I'm like, how did he come back? Oh, I gave him. I paid the money. I, I got the coyote to come. I'm like, you gave him five hundred dollars. He's never given me anything. So my dad doesn't give me money, but he gives my cousin five hundred bucks so he can get his greasy butt back here to make some money. I can't believe. Don't get me started, dude, because we'll go we'll go off into that. So uh, we should start a podcast, Miguel. Los Chicanos, <laughs> Los Chicanos, crazy. I would listen uh, to it. Oh my god! And talk about 
the crazy family, the masochistic Mexican, La Sangre, you know, Twitter, <laughs> Latino Twitter, all that kind of stuff. That's what we need to do. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. It'd be like starting on, hey, do it like real Texicans too, you know. You start off in English and you start throwing some Spanish as you're going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Digo, Spanglish. I'm going to a Coke. <laughs> Are you hungry? No, I'm full. Estoy full. <laughs> estoy full. I love that. I was like, estoy full. I'm like a kid. I'm like, estoy full. What does full mean? They're like, full. It means full. I'm like, full, but what does it mean in Spanish? I'm like, it means full. It's an English word. I'm like, why are you saying it was Spanish? And yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> and your dad says, full, vamos. <laughs> well, you want to go over a little bit of comic news before we close out the show? We go. Sure, go ahead. What you got? All right, a few things. Uh huh. They announced this week that there is a Supergirl TV show that is being considered. Who's going to play it? No, they, they're not that far along yet. Oh, okay. But they're the guy who created Arrow and the Flash, the TV shows, is pitching a Supergirl show to a bunch of different networks right now. Well, yeah, they got those on Smallville. I could see that. I'd probably watch it. That's cool. I think that would be pretty interesting. Can uh, we not have her in a black leather outfit, though? Like, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> is, is there? What is wrong with spandex and color? I just don't get it. I know it's cornball. Is it that cornball for yeah. people? They can't handle it. I mean, the whole Zack Snyder thing with the Justice League, it looks just too damn grim and dark. I mean, can we put some color in this mofo? What's the deal? <laughs> can we, you know, get Technicolor, get get one of these companies to get some work going. What's the deal? Just in the Technicolor. <laughs> right? What the heck? Some <laughs> Dang, dude. I don't get it. <laughs> You want fat, fat Superwoman? <laughs> Whoa. Amanda Waller's... What? <laughs> oh, God. That would be, that would be uh, interesting. They announced that uh, the season two premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to heavily focus on not only Agent Carter, but also Dum Dum Dugan and the Helen Commandos. Nice. That's kind of so cool. Gonna be cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't know how I feel about this Carter thing, but... Uh, you know. I think the Netflix shows are pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in checking those out when they're all available, especially Daredevil. I'm really excited to see Daredevil. <laughs> They announced that Emmett Scanlon has just been cast as Jim Corrigan, the Spectre, on the new Constantine show. Nice. So, you know, I'm stoked for that show. Oh, yeah. Constantine looks awesome. Uh, Another supernatural stuff. <laughs> they announced right. that there's going to be a Walking Dead spinoff. Yeah, I heard about that. Oh, uh, what's, what's this going to be? It's not going to be anybody from the main group. It's going to be in a completely different storyline somewhere else in the U.S. T-Dog's coming back? It's going to be the origins of T Dog. <laughs> Although I would watch that show. <laughs> that no, it's going to awesome. be a completely different group uh, living their lives somewhere aside from Georgia and how they cope with the zombie apocalypse themselves. Hmm. So they're they're working on that storyline right now. I mean, everybody at Image, Kirkman, and all those guys are still behind it. Uh, so they're apparently a pilot's been ordered. So they're working on that right now. Tickles Coral. Last week we talked about Liam Neeson wanting to play Ra's al Ghul. Yes. That would be rad. Yeah, I know, right? The day after we recorded that episode, they announced who is going to play Ra's al Ghul, and it's not Liam Neeson. Oh, man. It's uh, Matt Nabel. Who? Um, He was Boss Johns in Pitch Black, the movie, with uh, Riddick. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) That's his claim to fame before this. Uh, I don't remember that guy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't recognize him either, but he's apparently who they've cast as Ra's al Ghul. What? I don't know why you would pick him over Liam Neeson. I don't know. Oh, no, man. No, man. I don't know. No. It'll be fine. I'm sure he's going to do a good job. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, no Latino guy couldn't do it? What? See, man, they're holding us down. <laughs> uh, apparently, Stan Lee got interviewed, and he confirmed that a Black Panther film is in production, in the works. Like, they're they're working on that script right now, so. The Militant Group? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kill Whitey! <laughs> Black Panthers. <laughs> coming after you? I mean, T'Challa and Wakanda. Nice. That who's, Black Panther. Who's going to play him? Why are you asking me questions that are way beyond like, the scope of what I'm talking about? <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon is Black Panther? <laughs> I would totally watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I like Black Panther. And the last bit of news, actually comic news, you know Wolverine's dying. Yeah, we know that he's been dying for a while now. So what happened? What happened? What's the deal? Well, he uh, he lost his healing factor several months ago, and he's been trying to cope with like a suit of armor. He's been trying to cope with not being involved in the X Men and not fighting. Uh, he's tried a lot of different things to live his life, but it's come down to the fact that he can't even use his claws anymore without like risk of getting an infection. <laughs> like, wow, he's basically a normal human now who has a normal lifespan, no more healing factor at all. And once all of his nemesis is find out that's what the situation is, they all come looking for him. And he basically, instead of hiding or having his friends protect him, leaves him a map and says, I'm going to be on this island. Come find me, you fuckers. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he beat the crap out of a bunch of people. And, I mean, in the first issue of the Death of Wolverine series, Nuke yeah. uh, showed up to try to fight him. And, and Wolverine still kicked the crap out of him. But remember when he came out of the water, he looked and saw all the bodies on the sand. <laughs> yeah, people have been coming in waves and, and Logan's just been taking him out. But... Uh, he's supposed to die within within this month. So there's three issues wow. of Death of Wolverine, and then I guess somebody takes him out. Yeah, well, in book two, you know, just recently, uh, Sabretooth kicked his ass pretty good. Mm-hmm. He lost an eye. Yeah. Now, now, are, are we going to assume this lasts for like one year or less than that? <laughs> that's, that's a good estimate. I'm, I'm thinking six, six uh, months. Probably a year. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. never going to be yeah. permanent. You know how yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. But yeah, they, they couldn't do that. But For the last year or two, Wolverine's been in about 13 books. So right. I'm really looking forward to a break. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this might be good to give everyone a kind of a little a little breather. And, you know, the heart grows fonder when it's away, right? So we're going to miss him. We're going to want to see those stories. Then when he comes back, it's going to be exciting. Exactly. And the title that he's actually named it, I mean, the main Wolverine title is going to end mm-hmm. when he dies, obviously. But also Wolverine and the X-Men, that's the one that's been kind of up in the air. Uh, apparently... Wolverine's last will and testament gets read as well. And one of the things that he requested is that Spider-Man go and take his place as the leader of the Jean Grey Academy. So, wow. Going forward, it's going to be Spider-Man and the X-Men. Holy crap. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Peter Parker? Yeah, Peter Parker. Huh. Man. Which uh, obviously causes problems for Beast and Storm and those guys because he's not a mutant. Why not? We already know Spider-Man is like the greatest hero of all time. It's been said so many times. Yeah. Every freaking book. <laughs> but the... You know, they've, they've got their own racism things going. He, he's not a mutant. He can't lead us. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty much all the comic news I've got this oh, week. okay. You know, let people know where we're going? Straight to hell. And where we've been? <laughs> Is the White State song? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> we are going to be attending Alamo City Comic Con in San Antonio. Hanging out with the Latinos in San Antonio, Texas. September 26th through 28th. Uh, we'll be there doing interviews covering the con. Uh, we'll be doing a show every night. So if you see us walking around in our comic podcast shirts, please come up, say hi. We'd love to do an interview with you. We'll be doing in English and Spanish, right? Uh, I think it depends on the person, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. You speaking Spanish? I can tell them how to make a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that. 
Necesito uno, hamburguesa con queso. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's horrible. Miguel, Miguel, I feel bad for you. I feel like you're uh, you're in a bad situation there. It's two to one in here, man. I know, man. You need to get you need to get some backup, brother. Don't you have somebody named Paco or 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 something that you could come, you know, give you backup? He's got a friend named Brian. That guy's more white than you. We don't want Brian. We need to. You need like a strong like guacamole. Uh, Israel, you know Ezekiel, some kind of crazy name. Right. I'm leaving this in. That's right, Brian Guacamole from Bri Five Podcast. <laughs> He's a little short. He married a white woman too. You got that in common. Well, once you go white, I guess you just stay. <laughs> she's very nice. Dude. I met. Is it because they're rich? That's why you did the German, right? It's because she's rich, right? No, she had no money, senor. I had the money. Oh, then that doesn't make any sense then. <laughs> no, uh, no. No, I don't have no women with no money. Uh, Wife's got money, but she don't give me any. Uh, <laughs> Mark. And that's pretty much it. Uh, there, you there, you have, there you have it. That's how we end. I just want to remind everybody, we're still doing the Dear Lord Horstocles segment, where you can write in and ask Lord Horstocles for advice on your life. Yeah, give so, me a name instead of writing Ask Anonymous on it. Well, it's better if they're anonymous, you know. Because I can't call them out on their crap. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So if any of our listeners want to write in, just send an email to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. I want to remind everybody, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. We're on Twitter. I'm at comicalpodcast. Miguel's at comicalpodcast2. Heather's at comicalpodcast3. We're now on Instagram, which is something I just started this week. So search for us. We're comicalpodcast on Instagram. Nobody wants to see those pictures. (laughs) I have a a Tumblr. Heather has a Tumblr, which is comicalpodcast3.tumblr.com, where she blogs about the daily goings on for life and has nothing at all to do with comic books. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like the show, please go to iTunes, please go to Stitchers, leave us a five star review. Uh, we're trying to get those numbers up. So any positive reviews from you guys really appreciate that. Uh, one last time, if you want to find Andres's website, it's pariahmissouri.com. And if you fo- want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Andy Zalazar. There you go. That's right. I'll go to a local post office and see the picture. You have any final words, Andy? Uh, I am. I have no final words. <laughs> no, I had a great time. I want to thank you guys uh, for giving me the opportunity to chat with you guys. You know, I'm holed up in this little cave, and I don't get to talk to people who like uh, this kind of stuff. So, uh, so it's fun for me. I have a good time because um, I don't have friends anymore, and so uh, my my wife does not like comics. Uh, my son does not speak yet, and so um, it's it's good to chat with you guys. So thank you, thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, you got a few new friends now, at least. All right, I hope so. Yeah, we I'll got, we you got on, your back. I'll be following right. you on Twitter soon, so follow me back. Okay, I'll follow, <laughs> I'll follow you, homie. I'll follow you. <laughs> it's all good. And you know, whenever you're ready to talk about your other book or whatever, or you're ready to do this third book, just come back on. You always welcome. I would lo- I would love it. I would I definitely will reach out to you. Reach out to me later. We'll talk about starting a Latino podcast. Eso, eso. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks. We had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you so much, you guys. And for all our listeners, keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>